0: Thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 48 How careful was I when I took my way Each trifle under truest bars to thrust That to my use it might unused stay From hands of falsehood in sure wards of trust but thou to whom my jewels trifles are most worthy comfort now my greatest grief thou best of dearest and mine only care art left the prey of every vulgar thief thee have i thee have i not locked up in any chest save where thou art not though i feel thou art within the gentle closure of my breast from whence at pleasure thou mayst come and part and even thence thou wilt be stolen i fear for truth proves thievish For a prize so dear. That was Sonnet 48 of Shakespeare's Sonnets. I'm Mark Chasley, and you're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. I did that bit already. And I am joined, um, as always, I called him bearded last time. This this time, he's got quite a nice swooshy haircut going on, and his name is... Thierry Healers. I feel I should have shaved in between between (laughs) recording this, just run to the bathroom and quickly... (laughs) Quickly chopped it all off. You do have very swooshy hair going on today. (coughs) Eh, I just... It's good, it's yeah. good. He's, he's, a, he's a charming, strapping lad, is our Thierry. You should, you should or track him down on Twitter and, and stare at his pictures. Um, that's, wow. That's what I recommend. That doesn't sound
1: dodgy at <laughs> no, all. No,
0: not at all. We live in a world where pictures are public domain now. <laughs> Anything. And Facebook and stuff like that has proven that. So, yes. Um, what do you think of Sonic 48, Thierry? Because um, I'm sure you've done research on this one. Obviously, I have. I have been preparing this
1: all morning, Mark. Excellent. I've been sleeping all morning. (laughs) I, I have prepared it in my sleep. That's how I work. I dream about Shakespeare every Wednesday night. That would be amazing. I'd love to dream of Shakespeare. I used to dream of Stephen Fry quite
0: a lot. Whenever I get really, really, really stressed about a problem, I tend to dream of Stephen Fry, and he tells me how to solve the problem. It's very, very weird. You, that, that's really strange Usually in the context of something else So a lot of the times I'm lost in London Because I, I, the tube system still boggles my mind I don't go to London very often And so I get lost in the tube system in my dreams And I bump into Stephen Fry And he's very nice and tells me where to go And where I should go and where I should change But while doing that also solves the problem That I've got in my life It's, it's lovely, he's a, he's a lovely man in my dreams
1: <laughs> Wow It's I, I guess you, you, you're your subconscious sort of views as people that you would trust in real life. Yeah,
0: and I think I would trust Stephen Fry. Although, I, yeah. mainly because I see myself as kind of like Alan Davis-ish. If, if anyone's seen QI, Alan Davis is the kind of dim one on the panel, and Stephen Fry is the very, very clever one. It, because Stephen Fry has the recording thing in his ear that tells him things. Yeah. <laughs> but I see our relationship like that. I'm too dim. and And I think I'm at that level of dimness where Stephen Fry would just take pity on me and and would would take me under his ring while, rather than just go. You're stupid. What are you doing with your life?
1: So I think that's why I I I seek comfort in Stephen Fry. He do- I mean, even without the recording, but he is a fairly knowledgeable man. He is. He, oh yeah,
0: he's incredibly <laughs> incredibly clever man. I just meant that that if anyone
1: watching QI thought that's, that he- that's the sort of relationship the, the dim one and the yeah. uh, the incredibly clever one that's just explaining every what, everything to. Uh... Yeah, this is how it works, and this is how the world looks to clever people. And, th- and
0: that's much how I see this relationship with me and you. That's why you're on this podcast. Is you're you're the Stephen Fry of this podcast. You know
1: things. Wow, I have never. I don't know. I'm not really not clever enough to even be remotely compared <laughs> to Stephen Fry. I'm not. I'm not so sure. Anyhow. <laughs>
0: anyway, um. So so this sonnet. It's got lots of trifles in it, which, if anyone knows British culture, is a very very nice pudding that you don't need teeth to eat. Um, just randomly it's like jelly and sponge and then custard and then cream and then hundreds and thousands of top with alcohol put in every layer and it's lovely
1: that's
0: that's 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 how you get through christmas <laughs> there's lots and lots of very alcoholic trifle i had one at this christmas and when you dug because you use a big, <laughs> big serving spoon and you dig out a big section and then you eat that when we did that we'd had so much alcohol in it that the alcohol seeped out of all the layers and we kind of had an alcohol well going on inside this <laughs> trifle it was amazing wow but i don't think that's what they mean by trifle
1: here i'm not uh, i didn't read to who my jewel's trifles are it just i think they mean trifle in this kind of
0: sense of of uh, in a bit of a pickle in a bit of a, a, a odd situation or a confusing situation, I, I think.
1: I don't. I'm I'm wondering whether the trope. Uh. Let's go to dictionary. because oh. that's what professional we are. Is, we are. We do that well and with no. the American who
0: will go trifle, trifle, and tell you how to pronounce it. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's trifles are troubles and strife and and other British idioms. It's kind of one of those. I think. Is what what it is.
1: Oh, an article or thing of very little value. Oh, okay, I was completely wrong. Okay. Apparently that's that's the first meaning. How careful was I when I
0: took my way each trifle under truest bars to thrust? <coughs> hmm. But whom to whom my jewels trifles okay. are? Oh no, no, no yeah, yeah, no, yeah, okay. Oh okay, yeah, that makes sense. <coughs> so all of the, all of the things that he <coughs> holds dear to, to, to thou uh, but thou to whom my tri- drool's trifles are so what I hold dear you don't they're like trifling little things that you don't care about yes that makes sense oh wow that's that, okay that that makes this this sonnet completely different so it, it, is it in a way heading towards the, the fair youth not liking Shakespeare maybe
1: I think it's more I don't know I, I read it as Shakespeare is dreading that someone might steal him away again, yes, okay, like th- th- thou best of dearest, and mine only care are left the prey of every vulgar thief, yes, uh, and then he goes on about how you cannot lock him up in the chest, well, and... because he can't physically thee have I not hmm. locked up
0: in any chest because he physically hasn't done that, save where thou art not, but i b- though I feel that art, save where you aren't, then you're not actually physically within my chest, but. I feel that's where you live, with gent- within the gentle closure of my breast. So his his feelings of love makes it feel like the fair youth lives within him, and we've we've had that imagery before of them being one person, um, but he's not actually there, and therefore he can't lock him up with- inside him. Which surely must be the most, if of any secure place. Uh, if you have a safe and you put your your things you want to keep safe in a in a safe like a wall safe, you are always distant from it. They are there, and you're further away. The safest place you could ever put something is inside you, because it's with you always. That would be the safest place to keep something. Which is, I, I guess, where, where what, what Shakespeare wants to do with the Fair Youth—he wants to lock him up somewhere safe, so that no one gets him. So um, does, does this link in talking about Sonnet Forty-Seven? With the we we chatted about whether shakespeare was making excuses for the fair youth having slept with this woman and is this suggesting the woman was a thief and and stole him or st- and stole his love
1: that he didn't really
0: want to do it i guess so
1: i'm not i'm not sure if he's specifically referring to uh the woman that stole him away or rather well and what what was it we, we got through that and then then uh it was more the fact that Shakespeare wanted the woman as well. Yes, that's true, yes. Ra- rather than stealing away the youth.
0: Yes, yeah, there was a an aspect in that of, of Shakespeare liked this woman too, and liked the fair youth, and was upset that the fair youth had slept with the woman because
1: he liked them both. So I, I'm not sure, I, I read this just as a sort of general, someone might steal away, not not even necessarily someone. I like too, just someone. Yeah. Yes. And then you'll be gone forever.
0: Because there must be an age gap going on here.
1: I mean, Shakespeare would have been
0: by the age of these, 25, 26, 27, I guess, coming up to his 30s. I think we worked it out once. And The Fair Youth... Uh, One is presuming One I'm very posh One is presuming The Fair Youth Is around uh, Adulthood Or or when He would have been Considered adult uh, Which would have been Around 13, 14 He was 45 at the time Shakespeare Wow, okay Um, And and So even if The Fair Youth Is in his 20s Which I I, I think Would be an incredibly High estimate of his age There's still a big Age gap there So Shakespeare is aging Um, If we go back to The very first sonnets We had he he recognized that he was getting old, and the fair youth was getting older too. So as as Shakespeare gets older, he becomes less desirable as a man and as a lover.
1: Well, I mean, for, forty five is, is pretty much near the. He died seven years after writing these. So wow. Not not that he knew that, but you <laughs> you he, 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 he would have been aware at that time that once you get close to fifty, that's that's sort of the end of your life. Yeah. Most most people didn't really live part, long past 50. Most people didn't make it long past 40.
0: That's scary. And it, what's scarier is we're heading towards a world where that's happening again. With 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 our lovely ways of introducing heart disease and and diabetes with our atrocious diets means that the the average age length of uh, life is is reducing. It's bizarre.
1: Bizarre. We're still around seventy nine eighty in, in the first world, so yeah, we, we got a few years to lose and but, I, Well I did hear something interesting
0: um, the other day which suggested that the while the average lifespan of humanity has always increased, it's not as if people back in Shakespeare's time never got above fifty. There were, there were people back then who, who lived to be 80 like there are today. it's just because more people died younger, it skews st- the statistics. So, people still lived into their 67th places even in Shakespeare's time. It's just because more people died young, it drags the bow curve down. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that was quite interesting. If people out there going, no one, no one in Shakespeare's time lived until they were 80, you're wrong.
1: And- well, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure there have been uh, quite a lot of uh, dictators old old emperors that. Even before Christ, that lived quite long, like 70-80 years old. You say that as if there's evidence that Christ existed at any particular period in history. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I use it as a sort of me- measurement of um, of time. Okay, okay. But... I I uh, I'm not convinced that he ever was real, but there's no there's no as, evidence as a sort of let before the common era. Let's yes, use that I like common era. I don't know why we don't use it more. Because Christians are, uh, yeah. Well, we should not insult. No, 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 no. We people. should. Be good. There might be lists, but but their their <laughs> view is very dominant on in in Western, the Western culture. Western yeah, that's true.
0: I, that that is true, and I won't I won't deny that. I won't deny that. So yeah, yeah. That so bringing it back to the sonnet because I like to do that when we have our little rants. to bring it back is that <laughs> yeah. I think Shakespeare is getting scared in this on it he's scared that someone's going to come in and steal the youth he's getting older the youth is but not at the scene not at sort of it's the same rate i know it's the same physical rate but young people don't age as much as old people age if that makes any sense to anyone else well even
1: i mean i guess the fair youth would have been late teens around 20
0: ish maybe i i would peg the fair youth a bit younger than
1: that as in around 15 I think it'd be very odd like.
0: for a, a male to not be in a relationship and having children in their 20s. I guess. Yeah, they were quite... Um... Which is very odd. You'd expect people to be married 13, 14 kind of age.
1: If it's sort of turning into a Thomas Mann old guy lusting after a young 12-year-old boy. Well, there
0: is. And all the sonnets have that kind of overarching feeling to them. But, but I suppose at the time, that wasn't considered paedophilia or fairly pederasty. Yeah. It's, it would have been normal. And it's just how cultural norms shift. If, if I, as a 29-year-old, was to start dating a 13-year-old, that would be hugely wrong. Hugely, hugely wrong. And in fact, in my mind, me dating an eighteen-year-old, even though that's two years over the legal limit, is still hugely wrong because they're kids. Um, but in in Shakespearean time, you weren't considered a kid. You weren't considered a kid at thirteen. You were an adult, and and you had a job and you bought an income in. So it's,
1: I guess, fair game. Just fairly, because I never. Up until this point, I never. I mean, I knew the fair youth was young, but I never really, in my mind, he was never really a twelve or a thirteen-year-old. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I could be totally wrong, and and I mean, yeah, no. I mean, your argument makes sense. That that it's it's just I never really because we normalize that it. that changes. Yeah, we we put our
0: own culture onto these things. Is is what happens? But yeah, I I I'm fairly convinced the fair youth would be young if, for us. But if if someone out there knows better, if there are any Shakespeare historians or scholars and and listening to this podcast just you know for laughs. Um, let us know, please. Do let us know. I, I like getting mail from people, and I like people tweeting me. Tell me, tell me I'm wrong. I'm quite happy to be wrong. <laughs> I've lived my whole life being wrong. I don't know what that <laughs> accent was, but um, yes. So I quite like this. I quite like this sonnet. It's a nice one. It's got a nice patter to it as well.
1: It is a nice. I mean, it's a fairly basic idea that he just creates into this extended metaphor. There's not many other ideas in this one but no uh, it's, it's quite a nice idea that you want to lock up the person that you love in your chest and keep keep them safe from uh yes from being stolen away and i
0: suppose apart from your head your chest is probably the the safest part on your body
1: or the or the really soft... would, would they have known well yeah, yeah i guess the heart at the time they were still convinced that that's where the feelings are yeah yeah and
0: they would have had a basic
1: understanding of anatomy even if they didn't know what the organs did they would have known I mean the liver was there they would have named them all I think Mm. well I mean this was after um, Da Vinci so yeah yeah they would have they would have known anatomy they were the
0: grim uh, yeah Uh, yeah grim horrible stuff lucky I'm clockwork on the inside (laughs) I'm convinced I'm clockwork because I don't want that gooey horrible stuff inside me um, would you like to, to read this one out because I, 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 like you say there isn't a lot to talk about and it's very interesting I find the sonnets that they tend to go from one that's incredibly deep and complex with multiple multiple layers to ones like this which is just an extended metaphor it's quite an interesting swing there doesn't seem to be kind of a middle ground
1: it gives us a chance to Go on tangents, yes, exactly uh, which not not that the complex ones are stopping us from doing that no someone did tell me that they liked our our tangents the other
0: day, which I thought was quite nice i don 't know if they were lying, but I'm going to go with it, it was nice
1: that, that's that's the truth we we shall accept exactly exactly you you go ahead and read sonnet forty eight I'll read us yeah sonnet forty eight how careful was I when I took my way each trifle under truest bars to thrust that to my use it might unused stay from hands of falsehood in sure wars of trust. But thou, to whom my jewels trifles are, most worthy comfort, now my greatest grief, thou best of dearest, and mine only care, are left the prey of every vulgar thief. Thee have I not locked up in any chest, safe where thou art not, though I feel thou art, within the gentle closure of my breast, from whence at pleasure thou mayst come in part. And even thence thou wilt be stolen, I fear, for truth proofs. For truth proves thievish for a price so dear. That was nearly. 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 That was like
0: 98% of Sonnet 48 there. Uh, <laughs> um, that was of, of Shakespeare's sonnets. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, again. Um, I've been Mark Chatterley, and you can follow me on Twitter at Nuffkin.
1: I've been Thierry Helis, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sound of Seagulls. And we will
0: see you again next week for Sonnet 49. Goodbye. Bye.